Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do a great job. You can find out more by visiting the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples magazine. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We've got terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll visit with Boo Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government, and we'll visit with my wife, Linda, who writes greetings from paradise. It is July the 6th, and on this day in 1957, Althea Gibson claimed the women's uh, single tennis title at Wimbledon and became the first African-American to win a championship at the London's All England Lawn Tennis and Croquet Club. Gibson was born on August the 25th, 1927 in Silver, South Carolina and raised in the Harlem section of New York City. She began playing tennis as a teenager and went on to win the National Black Women's Championship twice. At a time when tennis was largely segregated, four-time U.S. national winner Alice Marble advocated on Gibson's behalf, and the 5'11 player, 5'11, was invited to make her United States national championships, now known as the U.S. Open, debut in 1950. In 1956, Gibson's tennis career took off, and she won the singles title at the French Championships, which is now the French Open, and the first African-American to do so, as well as the doubles title there. In July 1957, Gibson won Wimbledon, defeating Darlene Hard. Uh, In 1975, Arthur Ashe became the first African-American man to win the men's singles in title at uh, Wimbledon, defeating Jimmy Connors. In September 1957, she won the U.S. Open, and the U.S. Press named her Female Athlete of the Year in 57 and in 1958. During the 1950s, Gibson won 56 singles and doubles titles, including 11 major titles after Wimbledon and the U.S. Open again in 1958. Gibson retired from amateur tennis. In 1960, she toured with the Harlem Globetrotters basketball team, playing exhibition tennis matches before their games. In 1964, Gibson joined the Ladies Professional Golf Association Tour, the first black woman to do so. The trailblazing athlete played pro golf until 1971, the same year in which she was voted into the National Lawn Tennis Association Hall of Fame. After serving as New New Jersey's Commissioner of Athletics from 1975 to 85, uh, Althea Gibson died at age 76 from respiratory failure on September 28, 2003, at a hospital in East Orange, New uh, New Jersey. I wonder if uh, that was about the time of SARS. I wonder if uh, that infected her and led to her problems with the respiratory system. In any event, what a great athlete and what a, uh, well, a trailblazer for uh, black athletes. <clears throat> a tropical storm, Elsa, is passing east of Havana with heavy rains, was expected to pass near the lower keys this morning. The National Hurricane Center said the tropical storm, Elsa, has maximum sustained winds of, I think they're now up to 65 miles an hour, uh, according to the latest advisory. The center of tropical storm Elsa was about 20 miles northeast of Havana, Cuba, and about 80 miles south of uh, Key West last night at 11 o'clock. It's moving north-northwest near 12 miles an hour, and this general motion is expected to continue until tonight and Tuesday morning, and uh, followed by the turn toward the uh, north on Tuesday night. So we're kind of in the clear here. It's We're getting light rain right now. I actually saw a peak of the sun through the clouds uh, looking east. So uh, <clears throat> hopefully we'll be spared from any kind of torrential destruction, uh, uh, rains and winds and so forth. So uh, three more bodies were found in the debris of the partially collapsed Miami area condominium on Monday bringing the total uh, confirmed dead to 27 after the remaining parts of the complex were demolished overnight. The bodies were found after suspended search and rescue uh, efforts resumed following the managed demolition of the remaining part of the Chaplin Tower's south complex in Surfside, where many remain missing, according to uh, Reuters. 
All residents of another building, Crestview Towers in North Miami Beach, were told on Friday to leave immediately after engineers found serious concrete and electrical problems, officials said. So uh, this is uh, getting to be a bigger problem than just uh, the problem in Surfside. Tragic event. Tragic. One of the searchers actually found his own daughter while, uh, vol- while volunteering to search and uh, the rescue process. Found her dead. So sad. Well, Getter, G-E-T-T-R, a new social media app helmed by former Trump senior advisor Jason Miller, officially launched on July the 4th to much fanfare with more than 500,000 users creating accounts in just a few hours. The app was created in response to gratuitous censorship by, of course, big tech like uh, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and promises not to censor users for their political opinions. The President Donald Trump was notably banned from these platforms in the wake of the January 6th riot at the Capitol building. <clears throat> Excuse me, please. <clears throat> According to Miller, Getter was uh, founded on the principle of free speech, independent thought, and rejecting the political censorship and cancel culture that we've seen in U.S. politics and the U.S. media. That doesn't mean that the app is a free-for-all. It still has a robust content moderation policy that prohibits threats, harassment, racial or homophobic slurs, encouraging self-harm, and more. Punishments range from warnings to temporary suspensions to permanent bans, but all potential violations have to go through a tiered moderation system uh, when it seems it would prevent that kind of human error that Twitter likes to blame when a conservative is unfairly censored from its platform. They're, They're using artificial intelligence tools to flag questionable content, which is then escalated to human review and ultimately an executive team that decides whether or not to remove something. We've made sure that we respect everybody's freedom of speech, but we've got to make sure that this is really a welcoming environment. And that's the type of platform we want to have. I'm pretty excited about it. I wouldn't be covering it right now, but uh, I signed up yesterday on my iPhone and uh, plan on starting having some content uh, as things develop. I really couldn't access it yesterday because it was so busy. Uh, as I understand it now, more than it's more than a million people that have already signed up since uh, January the 4th. Excuse me, July the 4th. Well, Texas GOP Chairman Alan West, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, announced Sunday he's running for governor, challenging fellow Republican Greg Abbott. The announcement was made during an appearance by West at Sojourn Church in Carrollton, where the former Florida congressman played a video launching his campaign. I've not been in elected uh, political office for about a decade. Has it been that long? But I can no longer sit on the sidelines and see what's happened in these United States of America and the place where I call home. West said in a video that which was preceded by West reading aloud the Declaration of Independence to churchgoers gathering on July 4th. Alan West is a true hero. Uh, I had a well, the pleasure of meeting him several times. Uh, of course, he's one of the great leaders of the Tea Party back in the day, about 10 years ago. How long has it been? I've forgotten now. But irrespective, uh, he's, a, he's truly a hero. They wanted to court-martial him because he uh, broke protocol. He actually saved his men uh, in an event. And uh, he, w- what he did was uh, the guy laughed at him and said that he he wouldn't shoot him. So <laughs> so Lieutenant Colonel Allen West took his gun and fired it just about uh, just about creased his ear, and the guy just absolutely crumbled at that point and spilled his guts with regard to where the ambush was going to take place. And Allen West, uh, believe this or not, was court court martialed for the event, even though it saved lives. He didn't hurt the guy. He never hurt him. So, uh, but nevertheless, he he was reinstated. Uh, he. Uh, had full retirement, and uh, he's a great American. So uh, I like Abbott, too. So right now, Texans have a good choice and a great choice. Uh, I'll let you decide which is which when it comes to Republican candidates for governor. So the National Education Association, the largest labor and teachers union in the United States, has voted to spread critical race theory as parents across the nation are fighting against it. The union is preparing to commit $127,600 to advance critical race theory, according to the Epic Times. According to the plan, the NEA will share and publicize information about what CRT is and what it is not, dedicate a team of staffers to assist union members who want to learn more and fight back against the anti-CRT rhetoric and provide a study that critiques power and oppression in American society, including white supremacy 
uh, and uh, capitalism, the new website reported, <clears throat> the teachers' union plans to promote critical race theory uh, uh, comes amid a growing grassroots backlash of parents fighting against the influence of the ideology on education curriculums in their school districts. So this is just a pathetic move on the part of the American Teachers Association to support critical race theory. Uh, people are up in arms that the kids could be taught this divisive type of philosophy. Critical race theory basically says that uh, you are who you are based on the color of your skin, and group identity is more important than individual identity. It goes, it is Marxist in its origin, and it should be uh, absolutely, well, in fact, in Florida schools, it is uh, prohibited. And uh, not only is the law passed, but uh, in fact, there's some textbooks that are being used where they're d developing supplemental information materials to uh, critique critical race theory when it appears in writing. Can't believe it. We, it's time to get rid of teachers' unions, in my opinion. Time to make sure that there's school choice. Time to make sure the kids get a good education according to the desires of their parents and not the state. The segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a refreshing social networking platform. Download the app from the choicesocial.us website. Uh, pretty, really good uh, website, choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, are you all set for the tropical event, for the tropical storm? <laughs> well, just this morning, uh, my husband and I took all the... Uh, the, uh, the furniture off the dock and around the pool and just kind of tuck them up against the house. I, I, we don't anticipate too high winds, but, you know, you better, it's not that big a deal. Good practice. 
Well, and also, I guess this the it's pretty expansive. That in other words, you if you're the, uh, the winds could be up to 60, 65 miles an hour, or 70 miles away from the, the center of the cone. So uh, we could get some weather, but it looks like we've dodged a bullet on this one. Yes, um, but knock on wood. Knock <laughs> on wood. <laughs> this is an early storm, and uh, you know they did predict that we'd have a more uh, more storms this summer uh, than predicted last year so you know i don't know kathleen anyway. that's that's kind of a broken record isn't it? i mean they, we, we hear it is, that. But don't you know what don't ever get complacent i i think uh, a lot of people do get complacent and then what happens you know they're running around at uh Publix, uh, uh about an hour before the storm hits try to get water so yeah you know it's always good to I mean, you know i put out a newsletter every year with the things you should do to stock up and the things that you buy are things that you could use anyway throughout the year, you know, like water and, and supplies. And the big mistake is not to buy it and then stick it in the closet and then not and then never use it because water tends to go bad in the plastic containers. So oh, it does. You know, I, know, I wasn't aware of that. That's interesting. So well, we do need to be prepared. I don't mean to make light of it. I just uh, my my yeah. point being is that they're always. Uh, <laughs> it's it's so interesting to see the uh, the Weather Channel where some guy's standing out in the weather. This is going to be just the worst storm of the world. You see two people walking by in their bathing suits. <laughs> so well, my 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 uh, fondest memories are of uh, watching like someone like Anderson Cooper standing in the middle of a of this hurricane. You know, po- standing outside the building in the middle of it, and then you know the, by mistake they pan to the side and it's calm so it's like <laughs> quick get out of the most the most yeah. horrific weather so it looks good on tv and i'm like that's great absolutely so uh again they found three more uh bodies at that uh, surfside so sad so mm-hmm. sad the event and uh, that this could happen but it occurred to me and then now there's this crestview towers in north miami beach has been they found serious concrete and electrical problems so they're evacuating that building as well uh, as a legislator, as a, uh, a senator, state senator, uh, th- do you see any uh, legislation on the on the horizon or anything that's going to happen that uh, could prevent this? Well, of course, um, uh, I think that's something we, we have to do. We have to look at. We have a lot of older buildings um, in this state, uh, a lot of high-rises, particularly along the coast. You know, we have a pretty robust building code, um, but... Uh, unfortunately, and there's so many factors to consider. It's not just the building code, the, the maintenance issue, um, reserve collections. You know, in, in um, Surfside, uh, in Champlain Towers, they uh, they didn't have enough reserves, so that $15 million estimated repair was something that caused a lot of people to say, oh, I don't, I don't want to pay that. It was $100,000 per unit. So the question is, should the state require more money in reserves? Uh, of course, many people are going to object to that, saying things like, well, it'll make my my um, assessments too expensive, and the affordable housing people are going to say, well, then it's going to make some of these um, uh, condominiums uh, more expensive to live in. But I think we're just going to have to balance and weigh the, the various um, issues and come up with something that makes sense. And that's always a challenge for us because you have special interests on all sides that uh, are weighing in on it. And uh, I think we are going to have to look at this. You know, the uh, 40-year inspection, maybe it should be more than that for some of those high-rises and and actually do something about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it is the responsibility of the homeowners, and uh, nobody wants to pay uh, money in reserves and all that. But you know what? If uh, if you if you don't put it in reserves, then you have to pay it out of cash flow. <laughs> you know, and that means. And they don't. Right, and they don't have. I, you know, I remember, and we were we were kind of lucky back. I think one of the hurricanes that came through, and it pulled off the face on one of the condos on the beach. I think it was. I can't remember which one. It might have been Horizon House. I can't remember. And they had, they went, while well, they were fighting with the insurance company, uh, they had to assess everybody. They borrowed money. You know, we're, we're lucky here in Naples that people could afford to do that. But yeah. don't forget some of these uh, high-rises 
are lower income families who would not be able to afford the not just the pay, the payments but you know uh, to borrow the money so so you know the, the state has a compelling interest to protect its citizens and and how do we how do we orchestrate that so that it's not um, unaffordable for people we're going to have to look at that seriously uh, absolutely. Well, you know, it's, uh, people, they make a financial commitment when they decide to move into a place. And uh, if you didn't have dues and you didn't have uh, uh, reserves, you know, if you own a home, as you well know, you <laughs> don't live in, in a right. high rise, uh, you, exactly. have, you have to take care of upkeep. And uh, that, that, that means a lot of different things. Might mean replacing a roof or might mean a lot of things. So uh, uh, homeowners in, in a group, they have the same responsibility and obligation, and uh, you can't allow things to go to the point where the building collapses. That's It pancakes. It's unbelievable. It, it, it really is a challenge. It's an issue, and, you know, there is provisions in our law that may uh, we may need to take a look at that allow owners to waive the funding of reserve by taking a vote. Maybe we should not allow that, I you know, because... Uh, what what you do with owners if they um, waive funding your reserves it may not affect them but ten years later if they've already moved out or whatever then That's the new right. people are, are stuck with those maintenance uh, obligations so there's a lot of things um, and. That's true. Although, uh, uh, although, uh, if in fact uh, you're buying a unit, you should certainly take a look at the reserves before you make the decision to make the purchase. So, I agree with you. And you know, I'm a real estate lawyer, but I have very rarely been asked by a buyer, and I represent a lot of people buying properties uh, huh. in Naples who don't even look at the financials of the of the building. Oh, well, lesson learned. And, uh, you know, the other thing is right. that, uh, if you live in a high-rise, make sure you get an engineering report often. Maybe no more than, don't allow more than two years to go by because uh, the, the point that you made, I, there was one building that lost its the side of it. So they actually exposed the apartments here in Pelican Bay. And uh, that led to a big fight because they didn't have an engineering report uh, for the last few right. years. So it's unbelievable. And the, the, in the insurance companies, probably have an exclusion for uh, if you don't properly maintain your building, sure. they don't want to undertake the risk. So, right. um, you know, there's a lot of that. I, you know, honestly, I don't know some of the legal ramifications on the Surfside um, issue are going to be far-reaching. Uh, every one of those unit owners hopefully had insurance. Did the building have insurance? Will the insurance company cover it? Right. Those uh, are uh, one doesn't know if they didn't maintain it. Are the insurance company going to say, "Well, why should we pay when you didn't live up to your?" You know, there's just so many issues. Absolutely, Kathleen Pasadomo again, our state senator. I genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you. Okay, stay safe. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape 
by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. You can find out more by visiting thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing well. And how did you do with the Fourth of July? Uh, we had a, a quiet Fourth of July. Uh, although uh, Linda, my wife Linda, was uh, saying the next morning that uh, the fireworks kept her up <laughs> late to the night. But uh, we we had a we had a quiet Fourth. How about you? Well, we had thirty people at our condo for dinner. Wow. To watch all the fireworks, and there's so many small communities around where we are, and they all fire off their own brand of fireworks. Some are really big, some aren't so big, depending on the budget. So I thought I'd do a little research on fireworks, and fireworks actually flew on the very first 4th of July, after they signed the Constitution, 1776, and John Adams called for bonfires, and they were called illuminations. Hmm. I like that word. Anyway, fast forward a couple hundred years. It is now a $1.9 billion industry. Wow. So everybody's buying fireworks, and it's, it, that translates into 385 million pounds of fireworks are shot off. It is amazing, though, to see how the – it's almost like a light show that's orchestrated. It's not a random type of thing. They, they, it's, there's a sequel. There's a process that, that's followed. These professionals are really something at what they do. Well, and then they've got all those fireworks stands, you know, where you can go and buy fireworks and blow them off on your backyard, and apparently a lot of people do do that, Yeah. and a lot of people end up in emergency rooms because of that. Yeah. This past year, uh, 15,000 people were treated in the emergency rooms for firework-related industries. Wow. 18 died. Wow. You know, uh, in fact, uh, you see little kids, four-year-olds running around with sparklers, uh, I've heard a statistic that, that those sparklers, how hot do you think they get? Well, I would imagine they get pretty hot. 1,200 degrees. Now, can you imagine? Oh, my. Okay, now, you just think about just this little child running around. If the, a child were to put her fingers or, you know, <laughs> and, and somehow touch the uh, sparkler when it's going, that 1,200, 1200 degrees, I mean, that's that's uh, much higher than boiling water. Um it's, it's so hot, it would be really destructive. Oh, my God. But you know what? That doesn't stop people. My son that lives in Fort Lauderdale, they wanted to blow off some fireworks in their backyard. They had to wait in line for two hours Wow! to buy the fireworks. So people are still buying them like crazy. Where do you they know, I think it's a... Yeah. Where do, where do you think fireworks come from? China. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's it's mainly from China, so uh, it's a, you know, maybe that's just another why they're trying to, to attack us. Well, yeah, through fireworks. Uh, I think they were invented in China. Yeah. Wasn't gunpowder invented in uh, China? Well, Look at those Chinese. They're very clever. They are clever. Um, they're good at copying they, stuff. Yeah, they are. It's uh, Anyway, so... 
The other thing I'm going to talk about is traveling. They say that people are traveling like crazy, that, you know, people are, they're starting, um, you know, girl trips, bachelor parties, weddings, family reunions, you know, everybody is ready to get on the road and travel. But three quarters, people are desperate to travel, but they're also desperate to meet others through these uh, dating apps. They say that three quarters of Americans said they travel, they plan to travel more this year than they have before, and two in five, two in five people said they give up sex if they could hit the road immediately. <laughs> well, I don't know what to say about that. That's just a... You know, people... Oh, you gotta laugh. I mean, I think that, that <laughs> just shows people are desperate to get out and do something. Yeah, well, They're on the road, but, you know, it's so interesting, you know, all these <clears> people, we have friends that have gone on Match.com and have gone on Bumble, people our age, mm-hmm. and have found life partners, you know, have ended up getting married, sure. which I find fascinating that they've done that. And now the younger kids believe that it's possible to fall in love with someone that they've never met. Yeah. How can you do that? Well, just think about the the, uh, the fraud that can be perpetrated, uh, saying that you are somebody who you're not. And, of course. Uh, and, and it's just a very scary business, quite frankly. If you just take a look at the dark, darker side of human nature, um, you know, uh, and I'd, I actually met a very nice couple that met uh, through a dating uh, website. And uh, the younger couple, actually, uh, the uh, nephew of uh, one of my friends. And uh, they, they're a lovely couple, but my goodness, it's, it's a real risky business. It is, but it doesn't stop people from doing it. Um and a lot of these younger people feel that they even prefer the virtual dating because, look at all you have to do is get dressed up from the waist up. <laughs> you Zoom. You don't have to make a dinner reservation. It's a cheap date. Yeah, it is. Great point. I mean, uh, a great point indeed. Well, characters. You know, you, don't, you save time. You're, you don't. But, you know, is that really dating? No. I mean, is that is that the future of what dating is going to look like? I don't know. Uh, but the, the interesting thing is that uh, the point you are making is that people really want to travel and want to travel badly. Uh, do you have Wonderlust? No, not really. Um, no. Uh-uh. Uh, interestingly enough, and I love to travel. I don't. I, I love to travel. I don't mind it at all. Mm-hmm. But I. You know, I've traveled so much that, you know, and, I, and to go to Europe or to go to a different country right now, I'm not going to spend all that money to go to Europe and then have to wear a mask around. You know, that I don't want to do that. That exactly. takes the fun out of it. Well, not only that, but kind of weave your way and work your way through all the various uh, requirements of different countries or different states that you could visit. Uh, I like it here in Florida. Things are wonderful. By the way, looking out the window here, you know, we're expecting a tropical storm heading this way. So, um Maybe you weren't aware. Has it? Oh, sure. Oh, no. They talk about it a lot. Yeah. Right, is it coming? But you, you're not getting the direct hit, right? That is right. Okay. Well, you know how these things work. They can change directions, but the, uh, we're outside of the cone of uncertainty. So we expect, uh, well, for example, the forecast today is about all day is about 80 or 90 percent rain, percent chance of rain. But it's going to hit mostly up by Tampa, correct? That is correct. So, uh, in, in a sense, we've dodged a bullet, but uh, this is an early storm, as uh, Kathleen Pasadena was saying earlier. Uh, usually, the storms don't come this early, so um, hopefully this isn't to portend a big hurricane season. Oh, I hope not. Yeah. yeah, of course, you never know. Yeah. I think once Mother Nature gets angry, we're in big trouble. Yeah, <laughs> I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great weekend. You as well. Thank you. 30 people for fireworks and for dinner. Wow. Well, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Seton is Bob calling. 
Good. How are you doing? Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, Excellent. hips, or knees? So, you I know, was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George <coughs> Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic <coughs> Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you, too. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best, offering great education programs and building a home uh, downtown Naples, a brand-new performing arts center. Visit gulfshoreplayhouse.org to find out more. Uh, we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Uh, tell us about Less Government. Oh, yeah, we exist through a size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and no one in D.C. does. <laughs> I know. Uh, deep state is really deep. So uh, yes. y- you wrote a column, Hunter Biden's choo-choo shouldn't be lobbying in government paymasters. It's a great story. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's... It, of course, Amtrak, is, it averages about give or take a billion dollars a year it takes to subsidize Amtrak. And that's been going on for a half a century at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, not only does it get a billion dollars a year of our money, but then it gets like special dispensations. I didn't mention the article, but it just occurred to me. For example, you can't compete with the government post office on first-class mail. They've outlawed competition. Well, Amtrak gets doesn't pay for the rail railroads it's on the the track it's on at all it pays nothing and by law gets priority over the freight trains that pay for the tra- track wow so they pay nothing but they get first dibs um now what's going on is there's a merger under consideration uh or acquisition however you want to phrase it um of two uh, freight rail companies, CSX is trying to acquire Pan Am Railways, and it's a it's a northeast quarter thing, which of course is one of Amtrak's key quarters, right? Right, uh, New York to DC, and one of the things that's um, going to occur is CSX is going to dump a ton of money into fixing and maintaining and upgrading the the railroad, the the, the track. And everybody's for this. There's, I mean, every entity you could think of that has any kind of tether to this decision is for this merger. It makes sense economically. It doesn't create a monopoly situation. None of that's a problem. Everybody's for it, except Amtrak's against it. it would, and what... what uh... They have no... I, I read the entire <laughs> statement from the CEO of Amtrak and he twice asserted that it'll hurt passenger rail, but never explains how. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the only thing I can see for passenger rail is upside, because they ride the same railways, 
that CSX is going to dump a ton of money into upgrading. Hmm. So I don't. I, this you know this makes no sense whatsoever. You know um, the. the the only, the only angle I could possibly think of, and we've heard this before in other areas with regard to, you know, shutting down all the oil pipelines. Well, if you're not going to use pipelines, you have to use trains, and Warren Buffett owns all the trains. So interesting. So Warren Buffett pay, pay, uh, gives money to environmental groups to oppose the pipelines. That, I'm, my own, I'm only speculating, and it's a wild guess. The only angle I can think of is somehow this doesn't benefit Warren Buffett, so Amtrak's against it. That's my only guess. But from a practical perspective, there's no reason to oppose this. And again, as I say in the title of the piece, if you're getting government money, you shouldn't be lobbying the government. Right. Well, that's uh, you the- should shut up and sit there and do what you're getting mo- our money to do. Right. On the other hand, it, it kind of think, uh, demonstrates the influence that Amtrak has uh, to in a in a discussion like this, they shouldn't have any influence unless they're stockholders. But uh, right. but apparently they think they do. So w- and listen, listen. I'm I'm I used to be as anti antitrust as anybody on the planet, and then big tech came along, and I'm for some certain specific targeting targeted use of antitrust. There's no antitrust problem here at all. Right. If there were, I'm quite sure. The incompetent CEO of Amtrak would have said so in his statement opposing it. He didn't cite any monopoly problems or antitrust problems. He just twice said, this, is, this will damage passenger rail. But him saying it doesn't make it so unless he explains to us how that will be so, and he does not. You know, I think I, I read in, in uh, your column that, uh, that Amtrak has received 14 billion dollars no 40 40 and that was in, that was in 2014 um they got they between 40 and 45 billion in 40 years in 2015 and then the 2015 budget that was being written by congress <coughs> was going to give them 7 billion in 5 years wow so uh, like i i just kind of averaged it out and said they get a billion dollars a year in subsidies yeah it's just and then you know and then they Look, this is why teachers' unions, that's why government unions, why, this is why Franklin Delano Roosevelt opposed government unions. Yeah. It's because if you're lobbying, if you're a government union, like a teacher's lobby, and you're lobbying for government money, you're not lobbying in the traditional sense. That's an intergovernmental budget discussion, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's, one arm of government asking another arm of government for money, and FDR rightly opposed it because you're, you know, the, the person paying, picking up the tab is not in the room. Yes, yeah, a, 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 a true union <coughs> negotiation is the payer and the payee sit across the table from one another and negotiate terms. Right. You know, what share of the profits should the, the workers get? You're not doing that with government unions. It's it, the, the guy picking up the dad isn't in the room. So, of course, you have all the government unions get tons of government money from Democrats, and then they give tons of government money to Demo- uh, back to Democrats to run their campaigns to get reelected and give the unions, the, the fake unions, tons of government money. So I just point and out... This, this insider baseball by Amtrak is, is almost identical. Right. You're just reminding me, I think it's about 90% of federal government employees are uh, Democrats. And yes. they just got another day off, Juneteenth, annual holiday, at, at the cost of six to $800 uh, million dollars, uh, per year. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. To make, uh, the, the, the name of the holiday is a made-up word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, can we please? You know, this is this is this is the, 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 all of these things are are examples of the downfall of an empire. You know, um, Seton, I, this is the kind of stuff Rome diddled with on its way out of existence. Yeah, I hate waste, and uh, to think about the, uh, right now, the guy that uh, was running the uh, pipeline is looking for a one point five billion dollar. 
uh, was it 1.5 billion? Maybe it's much more than that. I forgot now. Thir- maybe it's 13.5. What billion. is he suing the government for breach? Yep, breach of contract, and so uh, and and that you know and he's got grounds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this is what I said about the the, the uh, <clears throat> stupid China virus lockdowns. You know, I don't want government handouts, but if you're going to go in at gunpoint and force these businesses to stop doing business, you should compensate them. It's a Fifth Amendment takings clause violation. Absolutely. You took their ability to make money away. Yeah. So you should compensate them for doing that. Absolutely. See, this is such an interesting conversation. I want to refer our listeners to your website, lessgovernment.org. You'll find... Hunter Biden's choo-choo should be lobbying its government paymasters uh, as kind of the lead column there. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day, sir. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with my wife, Linda. She writes greetings from paradise, and uh, we're going to be talking about a number of things. Something that happened uh, this just recently in our household that has us really concerned, and we want to share it with you because I'm sure you'll be concerned as well. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, Downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden. She's my wife. She also writes Greetings from Paradise. Uh, If you may be a subscriber, Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Good. in the middle of this tropical storm, Elsa. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, we're getting to a lot of rain today, but it looks like we, quote-unquote, dodged a bullet. It's not We're not in the uh, eye of the cone. Yeah, but that doesn't stop the weather people from just awfulizing the <laughs> heck out so of it. It's so true. It's absolutely... See, I wanted to share with our audience uh, the event that's happened over the last couple of days with regard to an Amazon purchase, because I think it's important uh, that people understand that this could actually happen. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, um, I had ordered some, in preparation, by the way, for the the um, tropical storm, hurricane, whatever. I lo- always like to have an, a lot of water here, mm-hmm. just in case. So the Publix um, has sales on it, and, and they were out, so I ordered it um, via Amazon on June 20th, I believe it was. And... and um, so, as always, uh, the little Echo Dot tells me that... It's arrived um, on June 25th, and no package. 
didn't arrive. Check downstairs in our condo building. Nope. Are you sure? Because Amazon said that it had arrived. So can you please check? Um, and while the front desk was checking, I checked the tracking number. And sure enough, the tracking number showed that it had been delivered. But unlike other Amazon deliveries where it shows it was handed to a front desk person or it was, you know, with a little bit more detail, all it says it was delivered. That's the only information I can, could find about it. Um, the front desk people said, no, it, it hadn't happened. And the regular mailman was off, so they were going to call around to other buildings in our area to see if the, the package, which would have been reasonably heavy because there were two six-packs of liter, one-liter bottles, um, had been delivered. That was very nice of them. Those packages were nowhere to be found. So I contacted um, Amazon through the, at the seller, which is a third-party seller. Pay attention to that, people, because Amazon sells a lot through second and third-party sellers, not just directly from Amazon. So I, I checked with them, and they said, huh, why don't you just wait a little while, and, and it should come. I'm going, no, but it said it was delivered. So... Uh, uh, while I was waiting, I waited a few more days and still kept in, in touch with the third-party seller. Oh, well, they never gave any excuse that, oh, it was late going out. There was no excuse. Well, just wait, wait, wait a while. And I, as you know, Robert, I can be very persistent about yes, things. Yes, that's exactly right. And so I, I kept bugging them about it, and, and they still gave no reason why we can't understand it, um, why it's not there. And, and, and I said... But your tracking number says it did. While I'm investigating this, um, I'm looking through the details of the transaction on the Amazon website. And I looked first at the page from which I ordered the water. And it said it was uh, 15, it was originally $15.43, and it was marked down to $14 per six pack. Then I went to the details of the sale. Way, way deep into the details of the of the transaction, and lo and behold, this seller had added an additional twelve dollars and forty six cents to each six pack. So the total amount of this sale transaction was six dollars and seventy six cents. Hmm. And I immediately said, "Oh boy!" So I went to American Express, found the charge and disputed it, like, right away. And uh, not telling the, the third-party seller that I did this. So finally, the third-party seller is, well, I'll se we'll, send you, we'll send you two more six-packs. Finally, I got him in, what a surprise, in two days. I got him on, from, from the day of my last uh, uh, communication with him. How could that happen? In, in the meantime, while this was happening... Downstairs, they checked with the mailman who had been who had come back to work, and guess what he said? He could not find any transaction number or a right. tracking number, tracking number yeah. for the, for the package. So, long story. I mean, this is a long story. I got the. I finally got two packages of the spring water in dilapidated, beat up Amazon boxes on July second. Uh huh. So, so I finally I contacted Amazon, and by the way, it wasn't easy to contact Amazon. They don't make it easy right. to get directly to Amazon. I know you've had ex that experience too. When I finally did, I, um, I chatted with them back and forth about what had happened. And just so you know, I mean, this is, this is not only price gouging, it's but it's fraud. fraud, it's fraud. And, and, and plus uh, tampering with the U.S. Post Office with a falsifying a tracking number is also a ma major no-no. Yeah. So um, Amazon was, was very disturbed about this. And I said, in the meantime, I said, this third-party seller keeps contacting me saying, oh, well, we you stopped payment on our, uh, on our transaction. I'm going, yes, I did. They said, well, we need to get paid, so could you please order again? So I went on Amazon trying to be helpful because I was, you know, and I ordered again, and they came back, and they said, well, it wasn't through us. You ordered through a different seller. Long story short, finally Amazon, through, the, through um, multiple contacts with them yesterday, um, they made sure that I would never hear from this seller again. They were going to fire this third-party 
seller. And oh, by the way, why didn't why wouldn't they arrest them? Yeah, and I don't know um, if they're going to or not. But the but the moral of the story is I had been so trusting of Amazon, sure, and and not bothering to go into the guts of the transaction. They actually changed the price on it from the time I ordered with full knowledge that I was going to get those two six-packs for $14 per six-pack. And while that transaction was being made, they, they changed the price. So here's the object lesson. It's really, you found the devils in the details, and you went through the bill, and you found out that you're being price gouged. Right. And it is fraudulent to do that. But the question is, uh, could it have happened in the past, or could it happen in the future? Because these third-party providers... Uh, uh, not all of them can be trusted, as obviously as we found out now. Fortunately, we're not talking about thousands of dollars here, but irrespective, we're talking about fraud. Well, and, and not only that, Robert, <clears throat> I, I just firmly believe that they just never thought I'd notice. Yep. And and they thought that, oh, well, um, you know, we'll just won't send her this stuff, and, and you know, it's... She'll she'll never notice that any of this happened, bottom line. Right. Well, so uh, for our listeners' benefit, uh, just make sure that you double-check uh, how much you're paid for stuff uh, compared to the price that you are offered because, uh, again, third-party uh, providers are can be a problem. But look, as our time is running down, I want to make sure we do touch on the audits. Any update? They're, they're blowing up in, in more states than just the ones that were originally questioned, not just in Georgia, not just in Arizona, not just in um, uh, Wisconsin. In Michigan, um, they're blowing up. This uh, Matt DiPerno, who's been very, um, he's an attorney in Michigan, he's found out that there is proof that there has been interference in the election. Not just, not just Mike Lindell, by the way, who's got absolute proof, but the, uh, this other attorney has found that, that there's been um, uh, Taiwan and Italy and other countries were involved in our elections, and that the and that the um, some executives of the states knew about it and kept quiet. Yeah, this is uh, very disturbing. Well, in fact, in Maricopa County, apparently the uh, Secretary of State, Secretary of State, and and the and the and the um, board of uh, the election board, all were complicit in covering up the fact that there was a breach uh, in the in the election and. Uh, they could have they could have pointed this out to the public immediately on uh, November the third. Well, you know what's so interesting too, just real quickly about Georgia, um, the Secretary of, of State Brad Raffensperger in January was on sixty Minutes saying, "Oh, this was the the cleanest election ever." When in fact, in November, he had in his possession the absolute opposite information, and now he and and. And uh, not Robert, um, who's the governor of Georgia? Um, uh, uh, Brian Kemp. Kemp. They're they're both saying, "Oh no no no! Now we need to do an audit. Now we need to do an audit." Really? Yeah. Do they think the people are that stupid? Well, this whole process is taking a long time, but you know what? It's going to be. It's extremely granular. It's uh, and the truth is going to come out. And I think this is so important because for two reasons. Number one, to uh, uh, make sure that the election, this never happens again. Make sure that we have uh, safeguards to make sure that with this kind of cheating and uh, malfeasance doesn't occur in, the, in future elections. But second of all, I think provide justice to voters. I mean, if you want your vote to count, uh, I believe Donald Trump won by a landslide in this last election. I, I can't prove it, but these audits will prove it. And at my, least. Michael, Mike Lindell is doing a, a symposium in August 10th, 11th, and 12th in South Dakota somewhere where he's going to show the absolute proof to anybody. He's reserved all the hotel rooms in, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, for people to come in and watch this absolute proof. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing what they're uncovering. And oh, by the way, I, I was watching a little video this morning before I came on about how to steal an election. Hmm. And, and just like Trump said in his speech on, on Saturday night, he said they used COVID, they used... Um, uh, to make sure that that nobody would get out and vote, they put fear, um, they caused absolute, riots, yeah. everything to steal this election. Yeah. It's absolute proof. Yeah, 
Alinda, I always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy Tropical Storm, Bobbert. Yeah, happy you as well. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to visit with Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute, and continue our conversation about the contrast between uh, liberal and conservative judges, especially in the Supreme Court. We're going to visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, and Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston, a uh, big player uh, during the space uh, program back in the day. Uh, always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>